We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween slash trade deadline edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jake Latarski is with me. Like every Tuesday, we're going to talk about um, waiver wire options, but we got to mix a bunch of trade talk in, Jake, don't we? Yeah, I mean, this is an ever-changing topic, and, and very rarely does the NFL have a, this active of a trade deadline, especially when it comes to players that have implications for your fantasy team. So hopefully we're going to run down all the major news and notes and help you out with the most important podcast of the week. All right, just so everybody knows, we are recording this at approximately 11 a.m. Eastern on Tuesday. So what that means is we are accounting for Ezekiel Elliott's uh, probable suspension beginning this week, which we found out about um, this morning. Uh, we are accounting for the Jimmy Garoppolo trade to San Francisco, and we are accounting for Jay Ajayi's trade to Philadelphia. If anything else happens on Tuesday and we missed it, remember what time we're recording. If we miss it, we apologize. And we can, you can catch us on Twitter. Jack, Jake, sorry, is at jakeski52, and I'm at jhelpin37. You can also catch news at Rotowire or at Rotowire NFL. Um, any fantasy stuff to talk about from the Monday night game? I mean, the Bronco defense seemed to hold... Man, if you had Harrison Butker, you had a good night. That was pretty great. I actually had a fun fantasy situation where I was up by three points going against Tyreek Hill in full PPR, but I had Harrison Butker. 
and I <laughs> ended up smoking them, just crushed them, and I thought for sure I was losing. So every once in a while, the fantasy gods shine down and give a guy a break here and there. But, uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill, yeah, only six targets, two catches for 38 yards. Not a huge part of the game plan, but it was pretty clear that Alex Smith and Travis Kelsey were going to go and dissect the Broncos. Whenever he read they were in man-to-man, he had a lot of confidence in Kelsey winning that matchup, and he did more often than not. All right, I have a strategy question for you. Yes. I had a guy, and I just want to see how you'd approach this, because uh, I, I got it after Monday's podcast, and, and I kind of thought it'd be a good topic to think about. A guy emailed me yesterday and said, my team is four and three. I'm up four points, and I have the Kansas City defense tonight. Do I bench them and take the win, or do I keep them in and try to get more points in case I need a tiebreaker later? Mm, man, you know, in those situations, I understand, obviously, in hindsight, you want to say, go ahead and use the Chiefs defense because I think they had about they were looking at 22 23 points under most formats and uh but normally when I'm in that situation personally I just bench the defense I played conservative I know I'm you know you people want to hunt down points titles and most leagues pay for points over record or at least they should in my opinion but in that situation I'm just really I, I take the win even I, even though it's Trevor Simeon and it's easy to say now after he looked just horrible last night, a 5.8 QBR, if you believe in that metric at all, <laughs> that's pretty terrible. That's out of a hundred, by the way. Yeah. Um, but even with the matchup, man, I, I tend to play it safe and just, and just go off into the sunset with my win. I offered the same advice because I under, understanding that it was a, it was a matchup unlikely to be a debacle for the Kansas city defense. Still, you take the win because you never know. Yeah. And I actually asked him, I said, in your scoring, I think he was using ESPN scoring. And I said, well, how many, I, I need to know more about your system. How many defenses have scored negative this season? And he looked it up and he said 16 over the course of the first uh, eight weeks, which, I mean, again, made it unlikely, but I think I'd rather make sure I take the win. Like you it's said, you never know in, in some parallel universe somewhere, maybe Trevor Simeon, you know, completes more than 50 percent of his passes or I guess he did last night, technically, or maybe the Broncos defense makes a few plays, scores that way, and then they get the running game going like that's always a possibility. So you, you're right, even with kickers sometimes, too, especially in leagues that'll take points away from missed field goals, I tend to uh to to just play it safe in those situations but it is a tough one if you're shooting for a points title yeah i think he said he was going to bench so uh congratulations trevor you got your win you're five and three exactly. all right um everybody let's look ahead two week now we're going to want to talk about free agents and again the, the the trades uh and suspension definitely play into this first of all bye week bears browns vikings pats steelers chargers so uh no Le'Veon bell no jordan howard no melvin gordon um and no Jerick McKinnon, since we have to throw him into the top tier. No Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> no Rob Gronkowski, that's right. Um, Chris Hogan's hurt for the Pats already. Uh, let's see, who else here? The Browns, we don't really care. Cooks, Diggs, uh, no- Thielen. Cooks, Diggs, Thielen, that's right. Antonio um, and Hunter Henry, I guess. No Chargers receivers other than Keenan. Let's go to the quarterbacks first. Um, who, who can we drop? You actually, it's funny. We do the show prep and, and Jake does a ton of show prep on Tuesdays and Listy sent me the, the names on. I'm just going to read what you wrote, which I thought was interesting. Big Ben, Jameis, Derek Carr and Matt Ryan have all been less productive than Kirk Cousins, Josh McCown, Philip Rivers and Matthew Stafford. Would you make any of these swaps? And I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan, let's bring him up first. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how long? We, we always say, how long are you stubborn? And I, th- I always say that I'm the guy that's guilty of being stubborn with players because of my, my baseball-centric fantasy head, probably. And, you know, I mean, Matt Ryan, yeah. come on, enough. Yeah, I mean, people were – Matt Ryan's the perfect lesson in why you don't reach for, like, the hot commodity at quarterback. He, he was – 
being ranked a number two or number three quarterback this year in a lot by top five in most formats. And he's really burning people because of the change in offensive coordinator. And uh, when I ranked these guys, I did it by fantasy points in one of my leagues. It's a 12 teamer that's just pretty standard, you know, 25 points for passing touchdown, minus two for intercept, or um, 25 points for, or 25 yards for a point, I'm sorry, uh, you know, minus two for a pick, four for a touchdown. So pretty standard scoring. And uh, I, I was a little bit surprised to see Matt Ryan barely like hanging out in the top 25. Now, he did have two touchdowns this past week, so that's okay. I don't know if I make any of those swaps maybe out of Big Ben, Jameis, Derek Carr, and Matt Ryan. I mean, those are guys, some of those guys like Jameis, I fall into your your situation, John, where I was pretty high on him to start the season. And I think if and when his shoulder gets right, he'll be a little bit better. They got plenty of uh, weapons over there to work with. But um, I, I don't know if I'd make any of those swaps except for maybe Kirk Cousins, but he's not on the waiver wire anywhere. So um yeah, it's it's just an interesting fact about how quarterbacks are shaking out this year. Yeah, I, I think the one, I, I think the first guy I throw overboard is Winston. Mm-hmm. I can uh, understand that just, just because I, when you said when the shoulder gets right, and I, and I agree, but we who the heck knows when that's going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, Carr, I don't know. He had the one big game. I'm not I'm not a huge Carr guy. I mean, I think he's okay. Um, the guy I'd probably get, I mean, yeah, I love Cousins. And you're right, he's not on the waiver wire anywhere. But Phillip Rivers, you could still, I mean, yeah, I'm on Yahoo right now. Rivers owned in 88%. Um, Cousins owned in 96%. McCown, way low. We'll talk about him more in a minute. And Stafford, I bet by name value he's way high. Hold on. Stafford, where are you, Matthew Stafford? There you go, 87%. Um, all right, so let's talk about who we pick up. And let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. Um, so Jimmy Garoppolo traded to the Niners for a second round pick, which which can I, I would love. I have, the one thing I've not read today is the coverage from Cleveland because I, I want to know what the Browns. I have been a supporter of the Browns for the past couple of years in the way they've operated, and of course you know the, the thing at, at some point with the quarterback, you, you got to take the bat off your shoulder. You know what I mean? I mean if they yes. didn't think Wentz was the guy, like I get it. And you didn't think Deshaun Watson was the guy that you wanted to invest in your franchise. I get it. Maybe not Garoppolo, but somewhere you, you got to, you know, use some of these assets to get a quarterback that can play. Exactly. I mean, they continue to accumulate draft picks and they keep on coming up, keep on coming up. But they're not actually when they have an opportunity to turn one into a quarterback. But the other narrative I hear is that Belichick will not actually make a trade with the Browns unless he knows he's really going to fleece him. I think there might be a tiny bit of animosity there. So maybe that's why the Browns weren't in contention for this. But overall, I mean, hey, heck of a deal for New England to get, you know, a second round pick, especially if they think they're getting a couple more years out of Brady. And, and it's an interesting one because, I mean, it's, it's easy to say, well, Garoppolo, if, if you think he's your quarterback of the future, a second round pick is a small investment. But this is going to be know, a top 35 pick. The Niners gonna, are 0 8. That's right. But he also, Garoppolo is going to be free agent end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the Patriots, you, you're going to have to pay. This is not a controlled rookie contract. Like if you exactly. drafted somebody, this is, you, I mean, you're going to have to pay Garoppolo now. And if you paid, and, and if you spent a second round pick to get him, you sort of have, he has some leverage there. You're not going to want to let him walk. So, so Garoppolo, I mean, it, it, it's going to cost you. So, so it's not the, uh, you know, the, the no brain. I mean, I think it's good either way. 
mm-hmm. is the way I, I want to yeah, put it. I think Shanahan will be able to get in some work with him, and uh, I think this will make Pierre Garçon a little bit better in the long term. It might make some of those tight ends we love uh, and like like Kittle a little bit better. Uh, just having you know, uh, I think an upgrade over C.J. Beathard here. Uh, the one word of note, though, if you are operating in a two quarterback league, yeah, I guess you need to pick him up. He needs to be owned now, um, but at the same time. Uh, he's not going to start this week, according to Adam Schefter, who reported that. Uh, I believe it was early this morning or late last night. So this week's matchup here uh, against the Cardinals, which is tough, that actually might save some fantasy owners from themselves. Um, uh, you know that that's tough. And then you know he's got the Giants, then a bye week, then Seattle at Chicago, at Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Rams. I mean, that's the gauntlet in terms of good defenses in this league. So. It's going to be no smooth sailing here for Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. It's not smooth sailing at all. So, so I mean, the, the weeks that you can stream him, I, I mean, I don't know. If you're streaming him in a one-quarterback league, I mean, mm-hmm. your option might be home for Tennessee if their pass yeah. defense doesn't get better. But otherwise, like you say, it, 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 it looks mean, like tough sledding here. Tennessee's pass defense got blown up by Deshaun Watson, but otherwise they haven't been completely atrocious. Right. And- and, you know, maybe the at Chicago matchup is a little bit intriguing, but it's going to be there's probably a good chance of bad weather when we're looking at at Chicago in late November here. Right. So uh, there's there's not a whole lot to like here from this rest of the season schedule. I mean, in a two quarterback league, every starter is owned. But, man, you can't really roll him out there with confidence. Yeah. Next year you're in a you're in a keeper league. I think I might like Jimmy for next year. There we uh, go. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the Niners will get at least one early draft pick. Maybe they can get him a, a prolific wide receiver here to uh, to get going with. Um, I mean, of course, that team has a lot of holes, so who knows? But uh, I guess, yeah, keeper league, if you can get him for cheap, you know, it would have to be cheap, though. Yeah, it would have to be cheap. Um, all right, so let's go to the other free agents if you're looking at two QB leagues. And, and again, six, six teams off, so this week, almost anyone, it, obviously, I mean, literally almost anyone startable in a two QB league if you're in a 12-teamer. Um, Josh McCown. 25% ownership at Yahoo. And yes. this guy is, I mean, he, he's, he's completing, hold on, is it still 70% of his passes? 70.5% of his passes. Yes. He is uh, ranking-wise on Yahoo in the scoring system that I have up. He's the number nine quarterback on the season. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up, he has, he's home for Buffalo on Thursday. He's at Tampa. Their secondary needs to get healthy. Home for Carolina, not easy. KC, beatable. Right at Denver's not good. Um, at New Orleans is okay. Uh, home for decent. the Chargers, decent pass defense here. Josh McCown, he, he's not lighting it up, but he's sort of a steady Eddie. Yes, and it might be kind of a boring opinion, but given all the news today, but I would absolutely take Josh McCown over Garoppolo the rest of the season if you have to make yes, that decision. I, I mean, would that, that, that to me is a no-brainer. Right. I mean, and, and back to Garoppolo, he, he's kind of a we've seen him a little, but he's kind mm-hmm. of an unknown still. I mean, he, I think he I think ultimately he's in a good situation there, like we both said already. But but, you know, oh, oh hey, Jimmy Garoppolo gets a start. Awesome. Well, I maybe I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is this is McCown rest of the season. I mean, he's been particularly hot lately, even, uh, you know, in the last four games, he's thrown two touchdowns or more in each of them. And over that span, it's a nine to three touchdown to interception ratio. He's only been under 200 yards in two games this season, uh, all but once since week three. So he gives you a pretty high floor, which is weird to say, given what we thought of this Jets offense heading into the year. So, I mean, out of all the likely available quarterbacks this week, I mean, he would he would have to be the pick. And he's one of the few that has appeal even in two quarterback formats. Now, against Buffalo this week as a stream option, that might be tough, but I would like him a lot more at Tampa in week 10. OK, um, another quick note about Josh McCown, completely unrelated. 
Um, the people down here in Carolina say that Josh McCown is the best basketball playing football player that they've they've had come through here when they used to practice and do pickup games and things. Like Josh oh, McCown is, re- I can I'll send you a video later of Josh McCown like right. reverse. You, you never had a like a tight end that could go up and no. and just and just ball. No, I mean for for pickup, Josh McCown. Like, if you watch the highlights, you go, oh my god, Josh McCown's an athlete. I think uh, I think a Paul Crew in the longest yard remake uh, <laughs> when he you know he tries to play basketball tough to get the guys to join his team maybe with, like kind of like that yeah uh, kind of like that I'm telling you wait wait do you see these highlights I'm gonna send them to you as soon as we're done you're gonna like it <laughs> sounds um, good yeah um, yeah Paul Green Machine wow the longest yard that's a good one all right other quarterbacks uh, Fla- sounds like Flacco's gonna play which yeah. not that yet yeah, good for him health wise mm-hmm. not exciting for any fantasy. Yeah purposes at I all mean, he, he's been on our drop list for a couple weeks in the past there's not a ton of upside there and uh, you know i had a bullet point here for him because uh you know maybe ryan mallow would start and with six teams on by you know there, there's a spot in some leagues but not a whole lot to like uh, out of that situation it's the same with some of these other guys i mean deshaun kaiser finished the game for the browns fantastic but <laughs> you know you can't feel great about that um you know matt moore might still be in play whether or not cutler's ready to go We'll see. Um, otherwise, if you're looking long term, as far as these quarterbacks go, John, I mean, Adam Schefter did say there's a chance we see Paxton Lynch. I mean, going back to that Monday night game, Simeon was horrible. He was right. missing receivers. And even on uh, even fourth down or when they needed that two point conversion, he wouldn't even throw a 50 50 ball. He would just throw it out of the end zone and not give anybody a chance at it. It was um, it was quite astonishing how bad he was missing some of these guys. And it, it, I, I just I, I don't I don't think that they can. They have a tough schedule, and I don't think they're going to be a playoff team regardless, but they're definitely not going to be a playoff team as with Simeon under center. Uh, I think you're right. Remember when uh, Remember when he was so great after the first two weeks? Remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a stud. Yeah. We probably talked about him on here thinking, oh, well, maybe he, he'll be okay. He, st- he still threw seven, seven touchdowns with 11 picks in his senior year at Northwestern, everybody. I hate to yeah. make fun of Trevor Simeon, but, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we were, he, he, he was never going to be that – take that big leap most likely. Um all right, the other the other one I want to talk about for this week, as bad as Matt Moore was last week, mm-hmm. they're home against the Raiders, who can be thrown on. I'm still not I, I, I'm not giving up on my dream of Matt Moore being a somewhat competent quarterback. And with Ajay traded, they're going to have to throw more. Yeah, I, I definitely see that line of thinking, and um, he could be you know one of the better streaming options when it comes to those other guys, maybe. Who knows? Maybe he'll shine on, on Sunday night football here in that matchup. But the over-under in that game is 44. Not expected to be a ton of scoring. Um, ah, yeah, it, it's tough to, to determine what I think about Matt Moore. But I guess there is a place for him in certain formats this week. You know, it's funny. I, I got a, a tweet this morning from a listener um, named Bruce. And Bruce, if you're listening, thank you for the feedback, truly. Um, he, sent, he sent a note to Derek and I because Derek and I said yesterday that we watched game five of the World Series instead of the Sunday night game. We both said that. Mm-hmm. And he kind of said, guys, if I'm going to listen on Monday morning, can you watch the game? So I said, all right, you know, I mean, I think we made an exception, but point taken if we're going to talk football mm-hmm. on Monday morning. But now I'm looking at this and I'm going, do, do I really have to watch Raiders Dolphins on Sunday night? <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> it's brutal. I, 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 see, I understand these, the listener point of view there, but yes. man, there's, uh, I, I could be watching the second to last baseball game for five months and it was the best World Series game you can imagine so i was flipping i was flipping back and forth I, i'm not gonna lie i was guilty of that but it was mostly uh world series the way that that one was going plus my favorite player clayton kershaw was on the mound so it was tough turning off but rest of the way out here it'll be pretty football focused because that series will wrap up here soon absolutely i will i will suffer through matt moore on sunday night everybody 
that's that's you know don't worry about it um i'll watch the rewind the 30 minute rewind next day and ready for you. <laughs> all right um let's go to running backs yeah. uh you've got you you're, you let off with a drop candidate jonathan stewart which yeah, i, I just, could I see depending on format there. Yeah, it would have to be a shallow format. I like to I like to throw a unique one to maybe make you scratch your head. And I know you're a Carolina guy, so I wanted to see what you thought about that. Um, he did get a touchdown, so you know you don't. It's tough to drop someone a week after they get you maybe double digit points. But he had a red zone carry robbed by Cameron Artis Payne, and of course Christian McCaffrey's there. I mean, what what do you think about his fantasy outlook long term? He's not someone that you would you know safely start every week is he uh he's not someone i would safely start every week i think they run better when ryan Khalil plays and then last week he was out again because he got hurt the week before um i don't know i it, he he gives the, the, the thing that worries me to, to something you mentioned is that last week during the week they kind of said hey we think we're going to get cameron artist pain in a little bit more and i looked and i went really i mean come on i've, I've seen you know he's been this is his third year here and he hasn't done much and they did get him in there a little bit. They, they gave Stewart some breathers. And when Stewart has, look, I know McCaffrey hasn't been running well, but when you got McCaffrey running some, and then you have Artis Payne in for a couple of series, and then you have Stewart, and you're not running well, that, that's, the math gets bad. Exactly. I mean, McCaffrey owners, I think, can take a breather because Artis Payne will take directly from John Stewart and not a whole lot from McCaffrey, right? Right. So, I mean, do I want to cut Jonathan Stewart? Well, I'm looking at his, I mean, let's look game by game. Hang on one second. You know, maybe it's not a this week thing for Jonathan Stewart, but it's someone that, you know, if he continues to fall down the totem pole next week or the week after, I could see a situation where things turn against him and you cut him then. So if you're, you know, if you're anticipating that and you have to make a really tough decision this week, maybe now. Maybe now. Next two weeks, they're home for Atlanta and Miami. Okay. So mm, maybe. Um uh, I could see it. Depending on the format, I could see it. I would rather not do it, but I can't say I'm eager to play him either. And any guy you're not eager to play at this point of the season, mm-hmm. you can consider cutting. Uh, other guys, let's see. Uh, the two Raiders. with Lynch is coming back from his suspension. So, uh, actually, I think I bet right. I joke with Derek that in my fishbowl team, I, have, I had both Raider backups figuring that one would pan out. And last week, I, I think, even though the snaps were split, I wound up guessing right on DeAndre Washington. But... Yeah unless Lynch gets hurt again or they phase him out based on bad performance. I think uh, either one of these guys can be tossed if you want. Yeah, I mean, Um, Richard, I still think, stays in a similar role to fumble last week, a little bit concerning. mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Lynch does what Washington does. He doesn't do what Richard does. So, um, yeah, it's tough to have to own both Washington and Lynch because you're only going to get production from one. All right. Uh, The other guys I wanted to mention, I think we're done with Tariq Cohen, right? Because he's still owned in a lot of leagues. Yeah, I mean, he scored a touchdown last week, but the volume compared to Howard was to, like suggests that the touchdown was mostly a fluke. The thing, the weird thing about Cohen is that uh, I thought when the wide receivers all got hurt after the fir- the first four weeks, he had twenty four catches, and when the the when the wide receivers got hurt. Basically, so that happened within the first four weeks, but I kind of thought this guy's going to stay involved in the passing game because essentially they don't have a lot of other weapons. So they're going to have to keep this guy involved. Last four weeks, one, 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 one receptions. And if he's not catching the ball, he, he can't help me. Yeah, I mean, Benny Cunningham's been back and cutting into the workload a little bit. Now we have Kendall Wright in town. Um, I know he was inactive this week, but Dontrell Inman, I'd imagine, will start to have a little right. bit of a role in that offense. Now, the the productivity upside is going to be limited because uh, we're not quite sure 
on Trubisky. You know, I'm okay on him long term, but you know, this year for the fourth receiver on that roster, there's not much fantasy appeal there overall. Um, but yeah, Cohen. Uh, you know, moral of the story he's, is he can definitely definitely be dropped at this point. All right. Uh, what about Gillisley? He carried 11 times, but he was on the field for 13 snaps. Yeah, that's a that's a bit concerning because uh, he's third, maybe even fourth fiddle because Rex Burkhead got all those targets this week. So Woo! I mean, seven targets for Burkhead ended up catching all seven of them and, and, and was quite productive. So, yeah, Gillislee would have to be on the chopping block after all that preseason hype. Uh, Burkhead's got a good mustache game going, too, I'd like to say. Um, Ty Montgomery. That's one I can see the temptation because of how well Aaron Jones has played. But that's one that I would hold. There are a few backs this week that I would like better than Ty Montgomery just because I think that they weren't using him at full capacity even against the Saints. He's still got a couple of broken ribs and is playing with that flak jacket. Might see more more of an even split after the bye. I I don't think that he'll be completely – phased out of that offense and if you know they have to change the whole offense for Hundley to you know shift towards more short passes that benefits Montgomery because even if they keep Jones as the running back for the majority of the snaps I think you can still get in four wide receiver sets you can get time on out of the slot and he'll be mildly productive mostly in PPR formats but I'd have a tough time letting him go all right and the last one we got to talk about the trade Jay Ajayi to yes, let's get to the juicy stuff here uh, Jay Ajayi to the Eagles for a draft pick mm-hmm. So now we've got two sides to this. The first side is Ajayi goes to Philly. Mm-hmm. Good line, even with the left tackle hurt. Yes. Um, here's the thing. I, I'm looking at this, and, and they got Ajayi because they think they can win, and they maybe want to improve their run game, okay? Fine. But LeGarrette Blunt has been solid. All right? He's, he's been pretty good. I mean, he's averaging, what, 4.7 a carry? This year, yeah. I think uh, that would that would actually be uh, surprising if that was the case to me. But I, I could see it. I always thought he was going to kind of take a back seat to some of those other backs. But yeah, four point seven to carry. That's his best since twenty fourteen with the Patriots. Right. And, and the last couple of weeks, he slowed down a bit. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking at this and I see and I think so. Ajay is your lead back. Let's say right. Of I mean, course. maybe not. They're playing the Broncos this week. We don't know how fast he assimilates. We don't even know if he plays. I, we, we, we don't know yet about week nine for Ajay because this trade happened probably an hour before we started recording. But you look at Jay Ajay and, and you look at his workload in Miami. He's had four games of 23 or more carries. He's not getting that in Philly because Blunt, Blunt's not just going to disappear, even if he's behind Ajay. And this is, this is us speculating. Here's me speculating. I don't see Blunt just disappearing. And I think Ajay maybe tops out. 15 to 18 mm-hmm. with Blunt getting some. And if you have a Jai, it's a better, it's a better team, but probably a lower volume. Do you agree with me or am I yes. overthinking? Yes. That's my positive and negative. Almost exactly. Yeah. You know, by the numbers here, uh, if you go into pro football focus grades, the Eagles have the seven run blocking offensive line and the Dolphins were all the way down at 30. And then Rotowire ranks offensive lines overall as well. We had the Eagles number five overall, Dolphins 27 overall. So there's a much better line. That being said, the volume is the biggest hit on his fantasy value. I'm looking at the whole Philadelphia backfield. Um, the most any single back has gotten in a game this year in, in terms of carries is 16. And LeGarrette Blunt's done it twice, and that's the most that any back has gotten in a single game. Now, um, I think Ajayi will get that to that number regularly. But there is the threat of LeGarrette Blount losing, you know, taking some of those short yardage situations because he's generally pretty good at that. I would I would believe that Ajayi is the better off tackle runner. Um, if you're an Ajayi owner 
Um, you can expect more efficiency, but less volume. So, I mean, he wasn't necessarily lighting it up in Miami. So you can probably keep expectations actually to write about where they were. Cause I think the positive and the negative count counteract each other in this situation. All right. Um, Mike Clay from ESPN, who's, who's on this podcast over the summer is, a, is not just a smart guy, but he's a big Eagles fan. And, uh, I, I, noted a tweet from him this morning saying, you know, I'm worried about a running back committee with three guys. He said, because you have a guy and blunt and who's going to catch the passes when they throw. Cause it's not going to be the one of those guys most likely. So it's probably going to yeah. be Smallwood. So then again, I'm not killing a guy here, but, but I think yeah, volume concerns are, are definitely there. And if you have blunt, I mean, yeah, I guess you can, you can ditch depending on your format. Okay. Second big piece of news. Oh, sorry. The other side of that one. Yeah, let's talk about the Miami. Yeah, Miami. Um, another person who, who I like and trust, Jamie Eisenberg at CBS, who, who not only smart but lives in the Miami area, says Kenyon Drake first, Damian Williams second. What do you think? I buy that. I mean, the volume to this point has favored Kenyon Drake for sure. I mean, in terms of what I mean, whether it be sna- or actually, you know what? See, the volume has actually favored Damian Williams because that's been a. a he's kind of been the change of pace i mean he's has more snaps has more targets has more receptions has more carries uh so damian williams if you're looking at stats alone i could see that but i think Kenyon drake would seem to be the more direct backup to what ajayi did as to D- damian williams is going to see kind of a similar not not his role change a whole lot here um, now Kenyon drake just a little background on him uh, you know, third round pick out of Alabama. This is his second year in the league. Um, he's never had more than 20 offensive snaps in a game this season. But of course, that is uh, about to change. He's a he's a fast back uh, four, four, five, 40 for a guy that's six, one, two, ten. Good shuttle, good broad jump. So athletically um, solid. I don't think he's going to bowl a bunch of people over physically. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned about the quarterback play and concerned about the offensive line. Um, to overall limit the upside of these guys. I think, yes, Drake would become one of the top pickups for the week if he's out there. But, I mean, Ajay's week-to-week production was Drake's ceiling, I would say. I don't think he's going to necessarily, you know, lapse what Ajay was able to do. And Ajay hasn't done a whole lot. Okay. Um, I think I'm with you. And we're going to get to our order of all all the backs later. But I think Drake over Williams would probably some sort of timeshare. Um, and you mentioned Williams, uh, Williams has some receiving skills there too. Okay. The other big news, Ezekiel Elliott's suspension likely to start this week. I won't get into the legal the legal justification of it, but it sounds like Ezekiel Elliott's suspension starts this week, week nine goes through week 14, which means he would be back week 15, probably your fantasy football semifinals. If you own Ezekiel Elliott. Okay. Do you think, is this better or worse than if you, than if the suspension started in the beginning of the season? For, for fantasy owners? For you, if you own is, him, yeah. This is, uh, I mean, I would say it's worse. Hopefully he got you to the playoffs by now, at least with these last couple weeks. See, I, see you know me, I, I acquired him recently, and I have, I've had him for two weeks now, and he's gotten me 66 points in those two weeks to improve my record to 7-1. and one. Barring some catastrophic collapse, I'm making the playoffs in that league. I just need to somehow win one playoff game so I can get him back for the semifinals, and then I'll feel pretty good. Yeah, uh, but overall, like if you drafted him at the start of the year, this is honestly probably worse than uh, having the six go at the beginning. And I'm not entirely sold that everything is final yet just because of how the story has been played out so far. I don't have any source or anything that's going to indicate otherwise. But uh, right now, if if things line up as the, as they seem as they are lining up, uh, this is definitely worse than having that suspension early in the year. <laughs> OK, um, 
Now, for Zeke's replacement, I'm going to quote two sources. Mm-hmm. First one is the Dallas Morning News. Quote, Alfred Morris, Darren McFadden, and Rod Smith are now tasked with keeping the ground game in gear until Elliott returns. They will try to make up for his absence by committee. End quote. Second one is from DallasCowboys.com. Quote, it's unclear if McFadden would jump Morris in the starting role or split backup reps with Rod Smith. End quote. Not a lot of clarity for us at all. There's enough. The, the one thing that I find it hard to believe is that a running back like McFadden that's been inactive the entire year would suddenly jump Alfred Morris in the pecking order. I think like the ceiling for that is the split carries in, in the committee, like the other source was saying. I just, you know, they haven't had him active all year. Maybe they were saving him for this situation so he'd be fresh all of a sudden. That's a, that's a line of thought, but that's going a, a little far in, 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 as far as you know speculation about what their plans are. I just don't see him coming in and becoming a feature back all of a sudden when when Morris has been the only other guy really getting carries there. I mean, Rod Smith had the game in a blowout win against San Francisco. That that's that game that Elliott scored, you know, forty fantasy points in. But uh, I, I still think the guy's Alfred Morris. If um if if you can, and I'm checking on his availability now, but chances are he was already owned as the primary handcuff to Zeke. I think some people drafted McFadden and have been holding him too. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's it. it I just think it depends on where you are. I think they're probably both owned in a lot of spots. But um, mm-hmm. and I'm going to check right now. Mc, yeah, no, I'm just getting my McFadden is 37 percent on Yahoo, and Morris is 40 percent. 40 percent. So yeah, not no no guarantee that you can get either one. Um, all right, all right. But they can still fall into our rankings this week because they, absolutely. Because they're under 50. They're going to be hard. Yeah. And they're going to be hard to rank. Literally, when you do running positional rankings for the week of, you know, who to play and who to start and sit, these guys are going to be, I'm, I'm going to scratch my head figuring out this one. Um, let's go on to other teams. Alex Collins. I mean, if we're not on the Alex Collins bandwagon at this point, we're overthinking. Yeah, I, I know. At this point, one of the NFL's leading rushers, believe it or not, uh, Terrence West, of course, missed the Thursday game with a calf injury. For he missed his third straight game, and I think as long as West is out, I think he'll he'll steal a little bit of a rollback when he comes back. Maybe at, at this point, you know, I guess we can't say for certain the certain the way Collins has been playing, but I think Collins might have a ranking in this week um, because had a much better day in terms of efficiency and snaps on the field than Javorius Allen uh, in their in their game this week, and and you know four or five weeks of sample size i don't think we can suddenly expect him to go back to what you would think for alex collins so he's he's on the radar this week for sure as a free agent pickup here he's been productive every time he's played he the i think the biggest issue the, the thing we worried about with him a few weeks ago was the fumbles because he lost a couple of fumbles early on and harbaugh said and i think i think it was a monday press conference one week he basically said that the guy was on a short leash and, you know, if he fumbles again, this is not going to be tolerated. And you thought, OK, I can get Alex Collins. But if he fumbles, he's he's in the doghouse and I can forget him. Well, now we're four weeks without a fumble. And watching that game last Thursday, he, he passes the eye test for sure. I mean, he's he's a good runner. Um, I mean, he's better than what they he's better than the other guys they have. He's better than West if healthy. Um, he's better now. And and if they're going to try to run the ball, they're going to try to run it with him. And and, you know, I mean, again, this is a guy last week was the big game, but. I mean, he's averaging, what, six? Six yards a carry this season. And he's had one game in, in the last seven weeks that he's played, he's had one game under 4.6 yards a carry. I mean, he's yeah. been productive. 
getting a thousand yards this season isn't necessarily out of the question. He's almost halfway there. Right. And if he gets the actual volume, because he didn't play in week one, and they do have a week 10 bye, but it's possible. I think he's going to squeak into my top three for running backs. Yeah, and they even, they even threw to him twice last week, which they yeah, never did Which before. is incredibly encouraging. Yeah, he's only been targeted. He only got targeted twice on the year before week eight. He was targeted twice, caught both his passes for 30 yards. So that's a good sign. All right. Um, let's see. The, the, the next one up, uh, Collins, 34% ownership of Yahoo, by the way. Um, Matt Breida... He, he he was out snapped by a lot by Carlos Hyde, but he had that one. Double. It was a touchdown. Was it a catch and run or a run? I think it was a catch and run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. I, I mean, I did throw a couple guys at the bottom of the list this week before I knew there would be so many prime targets, but I just wanted to keep him on, on the radar just in case. He's a he's more of a watch list type player for me, Matt Breida, for when that role does overtake. But if you're you know, trying to be speculative or if you're a Hyde owner and want to protect yourself, he's, he could be picked up. All right. And you mentioned Rex Burkhead earlier. Um, he was on the field snap wise. I mean, that's a four headed monster there, but mm-hmm. snap wise, he was up with white and, and Lewis with Gillisley bringing up the rear. I think they were all, I looked at it yesterday. It was all, you know, low twenties for all of them. And Gillisley was 13, but Burke had seven catches, ran a little, he, he's back in the mix anyway. Yeah. We, we, I mean, he, Burke had had 27 snaps and white had 20, which is really surprising to me because going into this week, I was thinking, okay, white and Lewis are the only backs that you can actually own. Um, but overall, the any kind of upside from these guys is limited. The, you're picking these guys up. If you pick up Burkhead uh, in a PPR league, you're hoping to get four to seven points in a really tough bye week. All right. Um, get, rank your running backs for me. All right. Well, number one's got to be Alfred Morris because he fits the bill at only 40% ownership. Um, number two, I would actually go to Alec, Alex Collins. Finally, a believer going to throw him in my rankings this week. And number three would be Kenyon Drake for the Dolphins. Okay. I think I think I'm going Collins first because I have clarity with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is a, that is a safer one. Like I'm I'll looking at that. Morris and I say the decent chance that they could play him for a half of a game and go, oh, he stinks. We have to try one of the other guys. Fair. I mean, I know I know that, you know, they know what he is. It's not like they're just suddenly going to discover what kind of runner he is. That's an over I just, simplification. I, just, I don't see how he's been the one that's active every week. Well, I guess except for two and three. And McFadden hasn't. What, you know, do you I buy? Think I, I think some some people, as exactly. I, I sound like the president, some people are saying that yeah. that the thing with McFadden, some people seem to think that maybe the Cowboys have been protecting him in case Elliott got suspended. Do you buy that? That's that's take that's taking a lot of steps. Um, yeah. Without any firm base of, of you, you know, that's assuming that you are getting into the organization's head and, and foreseeing their actual plan. You yep. know, I, I feel like if he was the better back, he would have been playing as the backup. He would have at least been active. Rod Smith plays special teams. So I know he's been active and, and I guess he, there's not really a point in carrying four backs if only one of them's playing special teams. So I can see making one of them inactive, but I, I, every single week, all of a sudden, I, you know, that that's a tough narrative for me to buy at this point. Okay. Let's go to wide receivers. Um, drop can and Martavis. I mean, forget we're, we're done with this experiment at week eight. Yes. I was shocked to see Juju Smith Schuster actually on the waiver wire in one of my leagues before, uh, uh, it was either Saturday night or Sunday morning when I looked and with everything that's happened with Martavis, I cut Martavis and picked up Juju and I'm not going to look back. That could actually be a season changing move for me. Shout, shout out to all the people who tweeted me on Sunday morning and I told to bench Juju. 
congrats, everybody. Good, good job <laughs> listening to me. On that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like everyone two weeks ago that I thought we should bench Mark Cooper. <laughs> yeah. Um, it happens sometimes. I know. You know. Tough luck with good reasoning behind it. The other one, Terrell Pryor. I mean, it's it's over, right? It's yeah, over for this it, year it's for us. Absolutely over for him. Um, Josh Doxson has taken his job, and he's fourth in wide receivers. I mean, Pryor is fourth among snap count this past week. Ryan Grant's on the field almost twice as many snaps as Pryor, so uh, that's one of those by Felicia moments. He probably doesn't need to be rostered at this point. Yeah, it's too bad, especially if you drafted him in round three. Um, you mentioned Taylor Gabriel with Sanu back. They like throwing a Sanu. Um, Sanu or PPR. The other one. Chris Hogan could be a multiple week injury. I mean, you're not going to cut him. Um, but you're going to keep an eye on that injury after the buy. The other guy I wanted to ask you about uh, what kind of league in what kind of league would you drop Sammy Watkins? In an eight, I could probably see him go. Ten gets a little tougher. Sammy Watkins to me is a lot like Amari Cooper. You need to stomach three or four two point weeks <laughs> so you can get the 30 point week. That's that's how it is with Sammy Watkins. Very boomer bust. Um, his value is exponentially better in, in a best ball format. Um, but uh, I, I just I, it's really tough for me to stomach that player that gets me less than five points for so many weeks, because by then I'm probably benching him for his 30 point week. All right. So next coming up for Sammy Watkins at the Giants. Not easy. Houston. Not bad. At Minnesota. Not easy. New Orleans. Not as easy as it used to be at Arizona. Patrick Peterson. Uh, home for Philly, not easy. At Seattle, not easy in week 15. And Tennessee, week 16. Sammy, Sammy Watkins, the schedule is not arguing for Sammy Watkins, I would say. I think it argues against a little bit. Um, all right. Guys to pick up. Juju, you mentioned Juju. I mean, 49% owned. Last probably year, over 50% owned now because of the first come, first serve. When I put this grab percentages yesterday, I saw 49%. thought, yes, we got to mention him. Yeah, the, the argument for Juju, I mean, there's easy. I mean, he went seven for 193 in that long touchdown. Um, great. If you think about Juju, if if you were willing to make a mid-round investment on Martavis Bryant as the basically the third receiving option in the Pittsburgh offense behind Antonio and Le'Veon Bell, which different patterns and all that I get. If you were willing to buy Martavis at that, then you should probably be willing to buy Juju, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was... I made that one for one swap this week and I would pretty much advise listeners to do the same because I think Martavis, even though I firmly believe Martavis Bryan is the more physically talented receiver and if he gets traded somewhere else, could be an impact player. But this upcoming week and the rest of season in Pittsburgh, I think that relationship is just soured with the organization and it's going to be juju the rest of the way out. All right. Um, Next one up, Robbie Anderson, 28 percent ownership. Um, not spectacular. He had a really nice week this week, but I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at over time, last few weeks, he's been under five targets once for this season. Um, he 27 for four thirty five and three in eight games. That's solid. I mean, that, that's a guy who he's not going to win you a championship with spectacular games, but he's especially in bye weeks. He's absolutely playable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he definitely becomes playable when you've got, you know, six teams on a bye this week. And and even then, you know, there's going to be some teams rolling out a McCown Anderson stack this week because they're so hurt by buys and not necessarily the absolute worst thing that can happen. I mean, I, I don't know. I would put Robbie Anderson definitely number two in the rankings this week after Juju because I don't know. Receivers are really tough and it's he, he's one of the few guys that can help you 
this week as opposed to some of these other guys we'll talk about later that are more long-term guys all right um the seattle guys that was a that was a crazy game on sunday yeah. that everybody looked you know you were wondering if there was going to be some defense a lot of defense involved and, and it became a shootout um paul richardson and tyler lockett are both in the 30s percentership owned on yahoo um who do you prefer or would, is or either one of them a guy either one or both a guy you'd like to pick up you know to be honest no and i don't even think either would be in my top three this week i mean it's pretty clear that doug baldwin and jimmy graham are going are the are the two best pass catching options there and i'm not going to run out because of this crazy shootout game and grab one of these guys i sweep everybody else's lists for free agents beforehand and i saw these names come up a lot but I don't know if the number three pass catching option can be owned in the Seattle offense. I know that Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls carried the ball combined 12 times for minus one yards. That's horrific. Um, but I believe they just traded for an offensive lineman, right? So they're going right. to, um, so they're going to, I don't think Pete Carroll is going to go to a pass only approach like he had to do this week. I think they're going to still try to go back and run the ball uh, with that foundation. And I don't think there's a ton of room for fantasy upside for a third pass catching option. Right. Okay. Um, Lockett. The one thing I want to point out about Lockett. If I had to pick one, mm-hmm. Lockett, seven targets in week seven, eight targets in week eight. Yes. So maybe he's, I don't know, maybe things are changing. I also um, think physically he's a little more explosive, maybe a tiny bit better of an athlete. Um, that's fair. Um, next guy you mentioned, you wrote to me, Corey Davis. We've been talking every week. We, I, I think every week I could just mm-hmm. take a clip and says, should we stash Corey Davis? And exactly. Yeah. And we can just rehash it out every single week. He practiced Monday. Mm-hmm. which is nice. I mean, you know, tons of talent. We were all looking at him as, let's say, a top 30 wide receiver when the season started. If he was healthy, that would probably get better over the course of the year as he got comfortable with Mariota. Because um, they got a bunch of solid receivers there. But, you know, if talent steps up, it's going to be him. Absolutely. Do, do you want to bury him on your bench for, you know, week whatever, for playing at San yes. Francisco in week 15 or whatever? Most definitely. I'm actually going to bury him on my bench and, and hope for the best. Uh, it's good to see him back in practice. That's a good thing. Um, you know, it's funny. I asked for suggestions on Twitter. Who do you want us to talk about? And someone mentioned Corey Davis and I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking, have you listened at all? Cause we've talked about him almost every week. Right. Um, someone brought this, I was reading around, someone brought up a point this week, how he was hurt the entire preseason, basically stepped in out of nowhere. Week one and was targeted 10 times, caught six for 69. So it's not necessarily like there's going to need to be some sort of catch up or some sort of rapport building. I think he's going to be able to come in when he's ready and contribute right away. He's better than Decker. He's better than Rashard Matthews, I believe as well. So um, I, I'm holding on to him, holding out hope because I still I'm actually holding on to Mariota in a couple leagues. And I'm hoping that the Mariota Davis connection is going to be big as I attempt to secure playoff positioning. Yeah, I, I'm with you. The thing is about Davis that week one really struck me because right away Mariota was going to him. Um, exactly. So for it, once he's healthy, I would wonder if it starts to get better quickly. Um, the other guy you mentioned, Josh Doxson, is 42% owned. What do you have, one for one in a touchdown? Yeah, he crazy targeted three line. times, caught only one, but um, the snap count is what stood out to me. He had 47 snaps, Ryan Grant 40, and of course Terrell Pryor, who can be cut now 19. Um, just this is – the fact that he got the touchdown too and that was his only catch – Reaffirm what I've kind of been telling, what I've been kind of telling you guys for the last bunch of weeks is that he is a red zone threat. And when Jordan Reed's out, Jordan Reed's going to be out week nine. Um, I started Doxon in my lineup last week, got bailed out by that touchdown. I'm leaving him in my starting lineup this week with uh, all these people on buys. All right. Um, last guy I wanted to mention, Travis Benjamin had a nice day. 
um, at New England, which nine targets, five for 61, four and one. Um, he also got tackled for a safety on one of the worst punt returns I've ever seen in my life. It was just, it was horrendous. Yeah, that was bad. Oh my gosh. Um, if you haven't seen it, go look up the highlight, everybody. Um, any interest at all? I probably don't. I mean, that, that, no. that screams fluke. If you grab a number two receiver from the Chargers, it's got to be Tyrell Williams. He's, Still? Yeah. On the, on the season, 427 snaps. Benjamin's played 283 snaps. Right. He has not, Benjamin has not been on the field more than Tyrell Williams in a single game this year. And I don't know what, I'm not sure what the Tyrell Williams availability is at, but he's definitely the number two option. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Okay. Um, rank them Juju Robbie and who's third Juju Robbie. Eh, you know, I, I, I Davis or Doxon. I, I think I, mm, that's always been the hardest one for me. Um, I've stashing Davis in one league, stashing Doxon in another league. I think, I'd give Doxon the edge just because I like the matchup this week without Jordan Reed. Okay. Let's go to tight ends. Um, all right. And, and um, Jake took a shot at me in his show prep <laughs> notes asking if I was still playing the George Kittle game. I'm, I give up. I quit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say I quit. I'll be back in two weeks. This, this week, George Kittle will go, you know, five for 74 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we'll talk about him next week. Think, okay, maybe it's a good idea. Um, I'm playing the Kittle game too. Uh, for the record, in a 16-team league that I have Greg Olson in, and I'm waiting for Olson to come back. I'm going to peruse the tight ends this week, but it's pretty, pretty thin, so I might have to play that game one more week. So not not, not too bad of a shot if I'm doing it myself. <laughs> All right. Um, Jack Doyle. I talked to Derek yesterday about Jack Doyle, and I want to, t- I want to take a look at the, the tight end fantasy scoring leaders right now. So... Jack Doyle, for me, is, is he a top five fantasy tight end for the rest of the season right now? I've been, I've been on Jack Doyle talking about him for the last couple of weeks. And I mean, more than that, I think when Jack Doyle plays, they, Brissett just loves to throw to him. Mm-hmm. And this week yeah. was, obviously, it was kind of a crazy big week for him. But the last few weeks here, Jack Doyle has 11, 7, and 14 targets over the last three games. Yes, I will give Doyle tight end one status in any format. Top five, that gets a little tough for me. We have Gronk, Ertz, Kelsey. That's a pretty clear top right. tier. Um, after that, I like Evan Ingram a little bit more than Jack Doyle just because of the volume he's going to get with all those receivers hurt. And I still like Jimmy Graham a little bit more than Jack Doyle, but it's that's where it starts to get really close. So Doyle sits just outside the top five, but tight end one. You could also make a case for Kyle Rudolph. Him and, him and Doyle are... are, are are relatively similar in, in the way I see these tight ends playing out rest of season. This but is, uh, it, it's very, very close once you get to that five. What Jake just said is nonsense. Jack Doyle is the top five tight end. All right. Okay, everybody. There you go. Right, you heard it here from John. <laughs> maybe when luck comes back, maybe when luck comes back and he gets uh, maybe some more accurate throws to deal with. But, uh, All right. but it, it's really close. I, tight end one for me, top five. That's barely a no. I don't know. That's pretty. I'm, I'm excited about Jack Doyle. I, but the, and the thing is, I talk myself out of him in in a DFS lineup that I made me. I want to. I want to beat my head against the desk because I've been thinking about him all week. And then I got to the end and I had him. And then I had two thousand extra dollars. I went, oh, maybe I can upgrade. I'm like, why did why did you do that? Why why do you have to be too smart? You know, try to out, overthink everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Hooper forty seven. So Jack Doyle fifty percent ownership in Yahoo. Austin Hooper forty seven percent. Perking up a little bit. Yeah, we're starting to see him get a little bit more lively here. He had the touchdown this week and I believe had multiple 
I guess we don't have our red zone target numbers in quite yet, but uh, I, I think he was looked at at least as as a wide receiving option. Uh, this whole narrative of Julio Jones, oh, we're going to use him in the red zone now. Uh, not so fast, I guess. And I, I think Hooper still has some value. OK, um, one guy you mentioned, Jordan Reed is out this week. Um, Vernon Davis jumps back in the picture immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I might actually be dropping Kittle for Davis in my 16 teamer this week uh, if I can. OK, oh, George Kittle, poor George Kittle. Um, trying to look at anybody else here on the tight end front that's low owned. Ebron finally had a halfway decent game, right? But it I'm not picking okay. him up I, again. I, I, I'm pretty sure he dropped some important passes and got booed a little bit. So I don't know about halfway decent. Someone, what did I see someone on Twitter the other night? I wish I could credit the proper person that said, basically, take take oven mitts, make cement molds out of them, put them on your hands, and that's Eric Ebron. <laughs> <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. I mean, he played less than 50% of his team's offensive snaps this week. Right. If anything, it could be by low because he's probably available. He, uh, but he, the Packers have actually been tough against opposing tight ends this year. That's one of those weird stats that through eight weeks of the season, it's like, or seven weeks, I guess, because they had the bye this past week. There's an actual sample size that you can start to act on, but yeah, that, that's just weird to me. All right. Um, and Ebron has been, there's been talk about him as a trade target. You'll know it most likely by the time you listen to this because the trade deadline, it's today, right? So yeah, yes, it is today. Halloween trade deadline. Uh, you know, I've tried to keep the NFL Twitter list up just in case we've had any surprises, but nothing too crazy yet. No, no thanks on AJ Derby for me. Um, yeah, I don't buy it. I don't. If it's Simeon or even Lynch throwing you the ball, I, I, I can't trust you. All right. So who's first? Is Hooper first for you or is Jack first for you? Jack's first for me. Okay. Um, and Vernon Davis is up. Vernon Davis is less owned uh, than mm-hmm. both those guys. Uh, yeah, defenses. I mean, it, it, Doyle Hooper Davis. Yep. Okay. D- no. defenses, defenses. Cardinals. Um, have not been good. They are playing at San Francisco, um, probably against C.J. Beathard again. Mm-hmm. Um, 36% ownership. Yeah. How much confidence can Beathard have after they went and got Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. I, I just don't see any offensive production for the Niners really in this game. Maybe a little bit, but uh, the Cardinals who are owned everywhere because of their, their recognition, they have not been performing this year. I think that turns around now and you can take advantage of somebody that maybe rage, rage dropped him. Rage dropped him. I like that. Um, all right. Second up that you have the Titans at 14% ownership. Um, they're playing at home against Flacco or Mallet. Um, both are bad. Um, Titans, they haven't been good, but this opponent is a very friendly one. Yeah, I think uh, I think Tennessee could be a decent stream option. I mean, they're only 14%, so uh, someone to possibly look at for the week. And the third one I wanted to, I wanted to mention, I mean, Drew Stanton's starting a quarterback for the Cardinals. I know the Niners have not been good. Um, and they're low. They're the low. I think they're the lowest scoring fantasy defense right now on Yahoo. I mean, it's it's just I buy it. Not good. And I'm going to pull up those numbers right now. Um, they are. Are they the bottom? They are 31st. Sorry, they have 32 fantasy points. They're ahead of Oakland. Um, mm-hmm. at least in the league, the <laughs> format of the league I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not a lot of sacks. 17 sacks, which is kind of sort of okay. Um, not a ton of turnovers, but I mean, they're, they're playing just they're never they're never ahead. So they don't get to really bring any pass rush they may have that's out. I can see the Niners if you're really desperate just because the over under on this game is thirty nine and a half. That's tied with the Bengals Jags for the lowest of the week. And of course, the home team in that situation. But I would still rather take the Cardinals if they're available just because your chances of getting a touchdown with the Cardinals are better because they're just more playmakers on the defense. I am, I am pretty sure I'm going to have DFS tournament lineups with the San Francisco defense in it this week. 
Yeah. I mean, I mean that's DFS, the so it's one. different. Yeah. Cheapest one, why not? Um, yeah, okay. Um, all right. That's it for our free age pickups. If you have any questions, uh, if you want any more recommendation specifics on something related to your team, Jake is at jakeski52 on Twitter. I'm at jhelpin37. You can also catch us at RotoWire. Um, listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day RotoWire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on our site. Check it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Um, so you've got a Facebook live today at, at yep. Tuesday at five thirty Eastern, right? Yep. Every Tuesday, five thirty Eastern. I'm sure there's going to be more trades between this record time and the time that I actually jump behind to do this <laughs> live chat. So, uh, there'll be more to talk about. And of course I'll be ready to talk about how any of these trades affect your team. And in addition to that, man, I'm getting ready for MMA at the Madison square garden this weekend. UFC is back. So it, it, it's a fun week for me in terms of NFL trade deadline, little UFC action. So Action pack, get at me on Twitter with uh, any questions related to anything. You have a uh, you have a Halloween costume lined up, or do you not do that? <laughs> I did not wear a costume to the Rotowire office today. Got it. All right. I've, yeah. I've went with Jake from State Farm in previous years because I didn't get away because I have a red polo and khakis. But uh, I don't know. I think that that joke's getting a little dated, so I might have to think of something else if I do want to dress up. But not really planning on it until you get a new job someday. You can't use that costume anymore. <laughs> yeah, <Right>? pretty much. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to do Clark Kent. And the reason is I, I basically didn't decide till yesterday that I was going to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be going out with my kids. So what I've got, and I have this, I have a blue t-shirt with a Superman logo. Perfect. So I'm just going to put that underneath a dress shirt and wear a suit and, and put on glasses and you're going to have the glasses. Yeah. So no Cape though. My son was like, well, what about the Cape? I'm like, no, no, it's the, it's the Clark Kent version. It's not <laughs> Superman. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to stuff a cape underneath your shirt. Well, I guess maybe it'll be a little warmer. I don't know. I don't know what the weather's like over by you. That's nice. It's going to be about 70 today. It's good. It's oh, geez. Typical Halloween here. Very jealous. Yeah. Not too bad. All right, everybody. Thanks for the reviews and the ratings. Keep them coming. Um, and thank you for listening to this edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Our next episode's coming on Thursday. So please check back then for more great fantasy football info. Tim Heaney and I will preview week nine for you. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.